Hey, welcome in to Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. I'm Chris Yao, joined by Maurice Patton, and it is a dreary Monday here in southern Middle Tennessee, but a beautiful Monday if you are a Vols and Titans fan. It is. It doesn't matter what it looks like today. Yeah, it's we're irrelevant. At the, we're at the water cooler, excited. I'm even wearing my Titans hat, first time all year. It's the only time I've, this is the first time I felt comfortable enough to wear it. I did wear it so yesterday during the game. Well, I, I wore it yesterday during the game. Before the game started, I put it on. So I'm hoping that we just keep this momentum going through Pittsburgh. I'm, I'm hoping that yesterday wearing the Titans gear was what the is what we needed. So, well, whatever you did, do it again Thursday. Do it again Thursday. I, it's funny, man, that the wedding that I that I was a DJ at on on Saturday, the bride and groom got married, and this Thursday is Pittsburgh Titans. One of them is a Steelers fan, the other is a Titans fan. So oh, out the box, they are. Maybe they should have waited till after just to that make sure game. they still wanted to get married. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, that's man. a lot of stress to put on a new. <laughs> you got to be on your honeymoon talking trash. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> hmm. I don't know. Oh, I don't man. know about that one. <laughs> Timing is everything. Timing I guess, is huh? everything. Oh, man. Looking forward to a great show. It is uh, the Monday Mirror, which means we've got Monstars coming your way. We're going to react to college football, NFL. Uh, some college basketball reaction as well, <laughs> as well as the NBA, Major League Baseball, all of that. We're gonna pa we're gonna pack it into this show. So stick here with us. Of course, Terry McCormick will talk a little bit of Titans with us at the top of the hour. We've also got Valer Shabilla, who will not be looking back, but instead looking ahead because the Major League Soccer postseason begins for Nashville tonight down in Orlando in a best of three series against Orlando City. So we'll talk to Valer in just a little bit looking forward to that. So yeah, it's going to be a good one. going to mm -hmm. be a really good show today. Looking forward to it. So you guys stick with us. Right now we're going to get you the weekend results and today's schedule on the rundown. This is the rundown. The Monday Rundown is brought to you by Zion Christian Academy. ZCA offers a faith-based, Christ-centered education in Murray County. Give them a call today at 931-388-5831 or visit zioneagles.org to schedule your appointment today. Zion Christian Academy, prepared for college, equipped for purpose. High school football action for Friday, Battleground Academy down Goodpasture 41-6. It was Blackman 31, Coffee County 14, Brentwood Blanks, Ravenwood 17, nothing. Lawrence County was a 48-6 winner over Cheatham County. Clarksville completes the 10-0 regular season with a 58-0 win of Clarksville Northeast. Christ Presbyterian down to Davidson Academy 38-6. It was White House 28, Creekwood 21, Dixon County 43-29 winners over Northwest. East Hickman in overtime gets a two-point conversion to down Summertown 29-27. It was East Robertson 62, Jackson County 64. I'm sorry, 14, 64. Goodness, 62-14, East Robertson over Jackson County. Innsworth, a 17-7 winner over Christian Brothers. Father Ryan down Warren County 49-16. It was Friendship Christian 49, Kings Academy 7. Gallison 32-30 winners over Lebanon. Giles County with a 41-7 win over Sequatchie County. Harpeth downs Hickman County 36-28. It 
and Rossby was a 34-14 winner over Kenwood, while Antioch doubled up Laverne 28-14. Lipscomb Academy, in possibly their last game of the season, defeated McCauley 34-28. Greenbrier with a 21-12 win over Montgomery Central. It was Green Hill 35, Mount Juliet 3. Hmm. Let that sink in. Hmm. Mount Juliet Christian with a 20-18 win over Clarksville Academy. Loretto 56, Mount Pleasant 52. The Mustangs finish up 10-0. Riverdale with a two-point conversion. Wow. Defeats Oakland 25-24, breaking an 11-game losing streak in the Battle of the Borough. Procone defeats Marshall County 42-17. It was Franklin Road Academy 48, Pope Prep 6. Siegel with a 20-7 win over Rockford. Station Camp defeated White's Creek 42-7. Creek 45, McGavick 6. Clement with a 32-17 win in the border battle over Independence. Westmoreland blanks Trousdale County 37-0. It was Liberty Creek 48, Wayne County 20. A game that held a lot of interest in Mount Pleasant for yeah, some time Friday night. West Creek with a 24-21 win over Kirkwood, and Cookville defeated Wilson Central 34-8. And girls soccer action Saturday in Chattanooga slash East Ridge slash <laughs> North Georgia. Um, championship Saturday, Liberty Creek with a 2-1 to win over Merrill Hyde in an all-Sumner County matchup. Station Camp defeated Greenville 9-2, and Bearden blanks Ravenwood 4-0. And Station Camp. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just a lot of Sumner County. A lot of Sumner County, yeah. The I, fact that Station Camp and Liberty Creek were both playing for state titles, and they split from each other. That's impressive. Yeah, imagine if they had stayed together. Huh? Yeah. And number five ranked in the country, Bearden, by the way. In the country. Went through Franklin and Ravenwood. They, they cared nothing about Wilco. This week. They yeah. scored three goals in like a minute and a half. Uh, insane. There you go. They are a dynasty. Clearly. <laughs> their last their last loss was the 2020 state championship game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's impressive. NFL action, the Titans down the Falcons, 28-23. College football, Tennessee was a 33-27 winner over Kentucky. Ole Miss downs Vanderbilt 33-7. Tennessee State 43, Lindenwood 20. Austin P 49-39 winners over UNA and Cumberland down St. Andrews 62-15 on the road. May, men's basketball in exhibition play. UT Southern downs Clinton 95-85. Faulkner an 89-85 winner over Fisk. And Tennessee goes up to East Lansing and gets an 89-88 win over fourth-ranked Michigan State. Women's basketball, Middle Tennessee State on Friday down to UT Southern 97-44, and Cumberland defeated Blue Mountain University out of Mississippi 59-46. In NBA action over the weekend, the Nuggets edged the Grizzlies 108-104. The Wizards down the Grizzlies 113-106 as, you know, uncertainty continues to surround the Grizzlies and their front court specifically. Uh, on the ice, Nashville Predators with a 3-2 overtime win over Toronto. In the fall classic, the Texas Rangers opened with a 6-5 win in 11 innings walk-off style against Arizona. The answerbacks hmm. answered back with a 9-1 win on Saturday to tie that series 
as we head back to Arizona. And conveniently enough, tonight's schedule, game three, Texas at Arizona. 703 first pitch on Fox. May or may not have been on purpose there. <laughs> In Monday night football, it's the Las Vegas Raiders at the Detroit Lions. That's a 715 kickoff on ESPN and ABC. NBA action. Dallas is at the FedEx Forum against the Grizzlies, 7 o'clock. That can be seen on Ballet Sports South. Men's basketball. Little Rock is at Tennessee State at 3.30 on ESPN+. Plus. Um, women's basketball at 5.30 on SEC Network. It's Carson Newman at Tennessee. And at 6.30, it's the University of the Cumberlands out of Williamsburg, Kentucky, not Cumberland University out of Lebanon, Tennessee, at the Glass House against Middle Tennessee State. And as Chris mentioned, Nashville SC is at Orlando City to open the MLS playoffs. That game begins at 6 o'clock, can be seen on FS1. And in the next segment, we'll be discussing that with Valer Shabilla. So stay with us. In the meantime, that is your rundown. Top stories brought to you by our friends at Piggly Wiggly and Neely's Mill Shopping Center in Columbia. Make sure to go see the fine folks over there for your lunch specials or your fresh hand cut meats. And of course, they've got great produce. It's all cost plus 10 at the register. That's Piggly Wiggly and Neely's Mill Shopping Center in Columbia. Well, on Friday, we mentioned, as you just did in the rundown, that perhaps Lipscomb Academy's last game of the year in that win over top ranked Macaulay. Mm -hmm. Because the TWSAA did, in fact, uphold the postseason ban for both this year and next year. At its board of control. Um, well, it wasn't a board of control meeting, but there was an appeal to the board of control right. um, that was heard this morning. And by an eight to four vote, um, the suspension, I guess is what that would be. A two-year suspension from the playoffs was upheld. Yes. And let's just say that... There will be lawyers. There will be lawyers. They are, in fact, the the folks at Lipscomb Academy have, 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 a, have already kind of alluded to the fact that they will be seeking an injunction uh, the courts in order to stop the. Uh, are they trying to stop the playoffs, or are they trying? They're to, trying to to the injunction would 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 temporarily uh, allow Lipscomb Academy into the playoffs. Okay. okay. This this is not unprecedented. This this mm -hmm. has happened before, and almost always courts side with the TWSAA because they are a private entity who can make their own rules and enforce their own rules. And that's just kind of how it works. Well, they are a private entity, but they are also a state actor. They are. So <clears throat> um, I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure what the grounds are for the injunction. I'm not sure. I don't know enough of the details about what it is that Lipscomb is alleged to have done 
to have incurred the postseason ban, other than that they were already on restrictive probation for other violations. They were on restrictive probation, and there was, and I'm reading here from you know Jamie Holland, who isn't a, who who is a lawyer, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he, he you know. Apparently, there was a, a text message between an assistant and a former player. Uh, pre, you know, I guess this has happened before football season. The player comes to Lipscomb plays, and it's an alleged recruiting violation, right? Holland says that four factors are considered by Tennessee courts to grant temporary injunctions. One, the threat of irreparable uh, or irreparable harm to Lipscomb Academy if it's not granted. I'm not sure if that would suffice but you holland suggests that getting parents of senior players added as plaintiffs would be a help because it could be irreparable harm to those those players or two balance between harm and injury granting the same would inflict on the TWSAA. so if if there if the roles were reversed situation uh, Lipscomb Academy's likelihood of success on the merits of the case, which I think is essentially we need to know what the text message said in order to decide whether or not that would be, you know, of, of interest. And then number four, public interest. Is it in the public's interest to allow Lipscomb Academy to play football? It's interesting. So. That's it, it is interesting. Uh, we we did have, you know, a Lipscomb Academy player take to social media this morning. And at least well, two. At least, yeah. At least two that I've seen. Bo Smith uh, made a incredible impassioned plea in a very long post, uh, and and you know, asked a simple question, you know. Why should we be punished for another man's act? Well, I'm going to answer that. Why should we be held responsible as kids for something adults did? Um, You know, should the adults that did whatever they did have not been looking out for those kids when they were doing whatever they did? I mean, when you've got kids entrusted to you, if you're asking the TWSAA to have their best interests at heart, shouldn't you have their best interests at heart as well? I guess the perspective of that is, you know, I was looking out for that kid. I don't know. I mean, that's the perspective that, you know, that, that, and the argument that, that I would probably make if I were that student or that coach. I just, I don't know. I don't expect, I don't expect anything out of this. I don't expect an injunction. This, you, you remember a couple of years ago, there was a girls basketball team that tried to get an injunction out in Memphis. Do you remember that? I don't, I do not remember it. And that did not take place. Mm-hmm. So, I don't think that this is going to to either. So um, kind of it's interesting because this actually happened 
back in the 70s, my dad, as a member of the Homewood team, his team had to file a lawsuit in order to get into the playoffs, and they ended up winning a state championship. But that was one of the excuses. Like, we didn't know who we were going to play halfway through the week. I mean, that's why you got to know now. Like, you you can't, you know, you can't make this ruling on Wednesday and then expect these kids to play football on Friday, either one. And then you've got to completely change brackets and all of the things that go along with that. And everybody's it's, it, it's a mess. So I think Lipscomb was supposed to play Father Ryan. Or maybe not. I, I don't see where's the bracket. They weren't, they're not listed on the bracket. It's just there's just buys. But, but Father Ryan didn't have an opponent listed on the brackets over the weekend. They now are playing Catholic at Knox Catholic. Yeah. So instead of Knox Catholic having to go to Christian Brothers, Lipscomb Father Catholic. Ryan will now go to Knox Catholic, and Christian Brothers will have the buy. So there's a on the brackets on the TWSWA website at TWSWASports.com the Division Two Class 3A bracket, which now shows Knoxville Catholic hosting Father Ryan. Notes at the bottom of that specific bracket say, Lipscomb Academy will be appealing disciplinary action to their football program on Monday morning. The outcome of this meeting will impact the matchups for games 101, 103, and 107 of the bracket. The teams who are affected will be notified as soon as a final decision is reached by the Board of Control at Monday's meeting. 107 is now Father Ryan Knoxville Catholic. Let's see, 103 is NBA. Is by for NBA, and 101 is Brentwood Academy and Briarcrest. Which means Brentwood, which means Briarcrest was probably slated to go to NBA. And instead, the, the number three team is getting a bye. Same as Christian Brothers, the three seed is getting a bye rather than four or five getting that bye. So now you've got buys for Memphis University School, Baylor, Innsworth, Macaulay, and MBA. Yeah, it's this is it's a lot, man. And and you know, obviously every team in class in, in this division makes the playoffs. So it's it's a little, you know, it's a little bit even more so screwed up because you can't just put a team in because everybody because everybody's already in. in. Mm-hmm. You can't just slide a team into the playoffs. So therefore, you've kind of uh, you, you've kind of found found yourself in a a little bit of a predicament. But it appears the TWSWA has figured it out, and that's that's what you're going to get. I, I, I do not expect any th- any changes between now and Friday night. Yeah, nor nor do I. <laughs> All right then. All right, let's take a break. Valer Shavilla will join us on the other side over to talk about Nashville Soccer Club. They're down in Orlando. They'll take on the they'll take on Orlando City in game one of a three-game set in the playoffs as they start tonight. So stick around here on Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. 
We'll be right back after this. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's, it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated cost plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao and Maurice Patton here with you on this Monday Mirror, as we typically will be looking back to everything. And we can look back a little Ooh. bit in this next segment, but mostly looking forward to tonight and the next uh, couple of matches for National Soccer Club as they'll kick off the MLS playoffs tonight. And they'll do it down in Orlando. And to talk about it, we have Valer Shabila, who joins us now from Broadway Sports. Valer, what's up, man? Hey, guys. How's it going? Going pretty well. A little cool. Hopefully, it'll be warmer yeah. in Orlando for, um, for the boys in blue and gold. Um, 
Valer, take take us through this because this is this is a new playoff format for MLS. Is that right? Yeah, first year um, they're doing this. Now they they had something similar back in the day, way before Nashville, uh, way before all the expansion and all that. Uh, but it's a three-game format, so it's a three-game series for this first round. Now this is only being used in the first round. After that, it will be a one-game uh, knockout where the higher seed hosts. So you're familiar with the rest of it, but this first round, um, it's a it's a best out of three, and that's all it is. The first team to win two games advances. Now here's the thing: there are no ties in this one. So if the game tonight ends in a draw or tie. It will go straight to penalty kicks. There will be no extra time. And the mm. winner of the penalty kicks will be considered the winner of that game. Again, first key, first team to two wins, wins the series and moves forward. And then once they once we finish this first round, it will be just a one-game knockout uh, with the higher seed hosting. Now, are all three games in Orlando, or how, how does that shake out? So the higher seed has home advantage, which and the game goes home away home. So there'll okay. be one game in Nashville, um, mm -hmm. one game guaranteed in each location. And then if it was to go to the third game, it will be with the higher seed, which in this case is Orlando. Uh, so the game in Nashville will be on Tuesday next week. And that is guaranteed to happen regardless of what happens tonight. So Tuesday, Geodes Park, um, uh, Tuesday night next week, we'll have uh, game two of the series. Interesting. I'm looking at the bracket on MLS or MLSsoccer.com. There was a wild card um, yes. with Sporting Kansas City beating San Jose 4-2 on penalties. And so they have now played their first game against St. Louis and Sporting Kansas City won that 4-1. Um, okay. It, it's it's an interesting format. Honestly. It really uh, is, yeah. In terms of soccer, uh, we we don't have a lot of series. We have a we we've seen a lot of home and away. You see that in the Champions League, most important, most most famously in Europe. Um, there'll be a home and away. Each team plays one game uh, one game at their ha at their home, and then there'll be an aggregate score. So depending on what the score is in each game, you'll kind of have the winner there. Um, this, the scoring doesn't really matter. If you win by one goal or you win by 50 goals, it will count the same. Uh, if you win by penalties or you win in regular time, it's also going to count just the exact same. So it's an interesting format. There's been a lot of back and forth about it. Um, but, but the wild card game was only a one game series. So, so mm -hmm. it's not even a series, it's a one game with a higher seed. So I think that back and forth is confusing folks. And I, I've gotten a lot of questions about it, honestly. Uh, because it's something that we haven't seen before. But knowing MLS and knowing how this goes, this probably will not be the format next year. So don't get too attached to it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So Nashville is the seven seed. Orlando is the two seed going in out of the East. Um, the winner of this series would play the winner of Columbus and Atlanta in the conference semifinals. The other side of the bracket, um, the Red Bulls defeated Charlotte in the wild card and they will now play top seed Cincinnati. And then you've got Philadelphia and new England, um, in the other semifinal bracket in the conference. So, um, you know, as you look at this bracket, um, Blair, 
Nashville, the seventh seed, obviously they've got an uphill battle starting in this series. And then should they get out of here going forward? Yeah, it's going to be a tough one. I think when you look at Nashville and you look at what they have accomplished this season, uh, finishing seventh obviously is where they ended up. Uh, A lot of people would argue that they should have been higher based on player quality, based on uh, performances in certain games. Now, they had a really hot streak earlier in the season. It seems like it kind of slowed down. And then there was the Leafs Cup, which is separate from all of this, right? So in the Leafs Cup, they got really hot. They went all the way to the final. They hosted the final. And then everything following that was an absolute disaster, really. If you, disaster. It's just it's been it's been a very very tough time for Nashville SC to get back into that. They've only had two wins since the Leagues Cup, and it, it's been it's been an uphill battle for a lot of these players. And most importantly, it's Hani Mukhtar. Um, you know, league MVP last year. Uh, a lot of people argued he should have been a league MVP the year before in 2021 at least a finalist in 2021, league MVP 2022. And up until and through the League's Cup, he was definitely in the MVP conversation for this year as well. Um, And since the League's Cup, he's only had two goals, and one of them was even a penalty. So when when you look at how this team and how important Hani Mukhtar is to this team, if Hani Mukhtar is not performing, Nashville is not winning. And that's just a fact. It's been a fact for three years now. So it's been a bit hard for them, and that's what got them finishing seventh in the East, which is a lot lower than I think what this franchise wanted to finish. It's a lot lower where the fans wanted them to finish, of course. Uh, but with this playoff format, the, the positive is that you do get to host a game, and that's something that every team who makes the playoffs gets to host at least one game. So at least the fans get that at Jodis Park next week. The only part is you, even if they were to go through Orlando – it seems like hosting another match is almost impossible unless some things go really wild. So uh, Red Bulls would have to. Unless the Red Bulls will get to the conference finals. Correct, correct. And then on the West, there are three teams who finished below Nashville in terms of the regular season. So if Nashville was to make it all the way to MLS Cup final, it is possible that they would host that. Again, this is all very much down in the future and we haven't even played a single game in the uh, for Nashville in the playoffs yet so uh i'm trying not to get ahead of myself here <laughs> obviously Mukhtar's, you know i guess cool off is not ideal especially this time of year but you know probably expect a little more out of sam surridge too and haven't gotten nearly as much as you expect out of, out of the the international player yeah, a couple of things there for Surridge. He he had a you know he came into the League's Cup and it, he got into action immediately. It wasn't there wasn't adjusting period or anything like that. He got into action. He scored two goals in the League's Cup, and um, one of which was an incredible last minute um, uh, tying goal against Club America. And since the League's Cup, his goals kind of dried out playing in MLS. Now one thing important one thing is important to note there is that he did get hurt. Uh, pretty much immediately after the League's Cup. And there was an international play, break in the middle, and Nashville SC were off for two weeks. And in that off period, the hope was that him and Mukhtar would get to, to train together, to practice together, and kind of build some sort of chemistry, because you want your top players, especially those in forward positions, to have that sort of chemistry and to have that understanding of one another. Unfortunately, because of his injury, that time was pretty much used for him to rehab on, from the injury. So it wasn't a whole lot... He did end up scoring two goals uh, against New England 
uh, here at Jodis Park. So that kind of gave him a little bit of confidence going into the last match of the season, which was a pretty disappointing loss to the Red Bulls 1-0, which guaranteed the Red Bulls to get into the playoffs. So for, for Surge, I think a lot of it has to do with acclimating. I think everybody can see his skill. Um, and, and the other thing I'll say is with, with his confidence. When you're a striker, goals, uh, goals are your bread and butter. They bring you all the confidence in the world. And we saw, we saw it in the New England game. Once he scored once, he was taking shots that we haven't seen Surge take before. He was taking on players like he hadn't been before. Um, and, and, you know, he could have had even an assist or two that match alone from the two goals that he already scored. So I think, I think for him, it's just a matter of one of these hitting the back of the net. And then all of a sudden you see him playing at a higher level. Um, this team, this team as a whole, and I, I think Surge might, might kind of embody that a little bit. They, they are always better off and they always play better for the last four years when they are the underdogs. Anytime the expectations have been high on Nashville SC, they've underperformed. And whenever expectations are low on them, they overperform. So we've seen this battering happen a few times. And with the way they ended the season, there's definitely not a whole lot of expectations for them to beat Orlando here, who are the second best team in the league. Lost at home to Orlando earlier this month, 1-0. But, you know, I... <laughs> Yeah, it's been a tough it's been a tough go of it, you know, as far as wins are concerned, only two, but also only two losses. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, there, there's been cut. a good <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it's it's the draws that so so draws can be looked at both ways, right? There's some draws that feel like a win. They went to Philadelphia and got a nil-nil draw. Right. That's honestly a really really good result. Most teams in MLS will take that result any day. Um, but then they also drew to Charlotte here at home. Charlotte, a, a, a pretty bad Charlotte team, uh, you know, uh, in terms of stats and, and overall. Just uh, sure. they, they also obviously lost the, to to the Red Bulls. And there were a couple other draws at home here uh, that that just felt like they were lacking. And and I think the biggest issue is not even just the results. It's not just the draws or the losses. It's more so that the team looks, um, the performances just seem a little uh, off and they, they seem like the guys who are kind of doing it, that Jacob Schaffelberg, Fafa Pico, and obviously Hani Mukhtar, you mentioned Sam Surridge. These are guys that Nashville depends on. And when they aren't scoring, no one else is scoring. There, there doesn't seem to be a solution to the scoring problem. And by the way, Nashville ended this season being the best defensive team in the league. They've conceded the fewest goals tied with Seattle in the entire MLS, not just in the Eastern conference. So, they are really good in one thing and they just don't seem to be able to do that other thing. So, and that's why leaks cup kind of was, was a bit, um, was a bit of a surprise to some people because they were able to do on both sides of the ball, the defense and the offense, they were able to figure both out. And if they were to figure that out, if they were figured this figure out the scoring, this team will be a very, very hard team to beat because the, even the games they are losing, and I, I've said this the last week or so, uh, I've said to everybody I've talked to, for the most part, Nashville is in games. They never, they are never out of games. It's very rare that they lose by more than one or two goals. Even two goals is rare. They lose by one goal most of their losses, uh, whether it's the playoffs or the regular season. So most they, times, because they play great defense, once or twice, they're in. Yeah. Well, so it, so it's a bit frustrating from the fans' perspective because what you see is that one side doing their job and then the other side struggling a bit. 
It sounds like the Preds, except it's the Preds defense that struggles in typically. But, you know, there, there's one thing that we have found about this Nashville club that when there are eliminations involved, for some reason they step up. So obviously tournament play lends itself to the to, to this team. They just have they have guys who step up when their backs are against the wall, it feels like. Yeah, absolutely. And and Walker Zimmerman, we talked to him on Friday. He's obviously the captain of the team. And uh, we talked to him on Friday and someone asked him, hey, is this team built for tournament play, essentially? And, and he said yes. He said when you are solid defensively and when you have that foundation at the back, uh, you that foundation keeps you in games. And that's really all you need for this tournament play because – if you go, if, if, if you tie, like tonight, if they hold a nil-nil draw, I know it's the most boring scoreline you'll ever see, but that will still give them a chance to win in penalties and get a win in Orlando. Some, something like that is not available to teams who do not have that foundation in the back. Uh, the other thing is that the, the, the confidence that one win, two wins can build upon a team, and that is exactly what happened in the League's Cup for this team. Once they got out of the group stage of the League's Cup, they played Cincinnati, who are the number one team in the MLS. They beat Cincinnati in penalties. Then they played Club America, who are the number one team in this continent. They beat Club America in penalties. That confidence alone made, kind of drove them through the rest of it. And, and I think they believe that, hey, we can do this. Uh, when you're looking in the locker room and you see guys playing with the almost confidence and the guys who aren't playing, they have to step up their game as well so they can get in on the field. So there, there's a lot of sort of motivation that comes through because if, if somebody scores and you're sitting on the bench and you have to take their spot, then now you're training twice as hard to try to get in because you know, they are going to be guaranteed that start. And I think there's something to say about that because it seemed like this last bit of the season was kind of just, exhaustion, a lot of uh, tired legs, a lot of guys maybe not making the runs that they used to, to make. And that, I mean, that has to do with a lot of different reasons. But one of them is the fact that this last bit, Nashville was almost guaranteed a playoff position regardless. And their spot on the table just didn't seem to have, would have altered a whole lot based on a couple wins. Blair Shabilla, Broadway Sports here with us on Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bona Joint Mo. You talk about the dry spell that Mukhtar has been in here of late. <laughs> Just because he hasn't scored doesn't mean he won't score. And and it's, you know, with a guy like Mukhtar, you feel like that first goal is going to kind of open the floodgates a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and there's not necessarily a question there. But I guess my question would be, they're still going to play through Mukhtar. You have essentially no other choice. I mean, he is not only your team's MVP, he is the league's MVP. That's, mm -hmm. And that, that's just the truth, right? Like, you have to play through him. If you want to win anything and you have this guy on your roster, he ha you have to make sure he's playing at the best level. I mean, any team with a, with a player of that quality will tell you that. And the one thing with Mukhtar is that he is his quality is very apparent. It's not it's not something where uh, where his quality was ever questioned. It's just a matter mm -hmm. of that last touch, that last pass or last shot. There were a couple 
there were a couple instances uh, here at home where uh, you see him, you see him just make that one last wrong decision, whether it was to pass instead of shoot or shoot instead of pass. And those were the things that were coming off to him just like that whenever, uh, whenever uh, Nashville were winning and whenever everybody was confident and everybody was making those extra runs. And the, the other thing with Mukhtar is that he, he's, uh, he's also reliant on the players around him he, because the players around him have, we're talking about Sam Surridge, he's a striker. He wants to score. But his main goal, because he, because he is playing with Mukhtar, his main goal of being on the field is to make sure Mukhtar is shining. That's very hard for a striker to understand. That's a system that takes a while to understand. Jacob Schaffelberg, all, all, the, all the midfielders, Dax McCarty, Anibal Gidoy, even the defenders, their main job is to make sure Mukhtar is shining. That, is, that has been, that has been uh, Nashville's MO going forward for the last three years. And the only, one, the only way they can win is to keep doing that. But these other players will have to step up. I don't want to sound like this is all on Mukhtar. As important as he is, this is a team effort. And, and let's not forget, again, that this team is very, very good going at, at the back. This team can hold their own going back against any attack in, the, in this league um, and have proven to do that over and over again. So I, I definitely want to give big props to the defense here. Uh, because the way they have handled and Joe Willis and, and Elliot Panico as well, both the goalkeepers, have come in at big moments this season. And I think I think if Nashville wants to do anything, it's to continue they have to continue that stability at the back and then kind of figure out this attack. And that's been the struggle a little bit, but I agree with you. I mean, once Mukhtar, once he gets one or two in, even if he gets an assist or or a good passage of play, that can turn into the game on his back. And uh one thing I'll say about Orlando is that this has been a very cagey match. Every time these two have played each other, there's been a lot of fights, guys. There's been a lot of there's been penalty shootouts. There's been a playoff match already, an U.S. Open Cup uh, knockout already. It's it's just it's gonna be maybe not the prettiest soccer, but it's gonna be a lot of heat and a lot of emotions going into this match. And if we get three of them, then uh, it's gonna be a, it's, gonna, it's gonna get hype, is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can watch it for free on Apple t- on Apple TV Plus tonight or on FS1. Catch it tonight on, again, FS1 or Apple TV Plus at 6 o'clock. Valer, thanks for taking time with us. Thanks for setting it up. Do you expect Nashville to get a dub tonight? What's your I prediction? I think that will be... Okay. Um, I said this earlier. I think it's going to be a one-one with Nashville winning in penalties. That's that's right. my official okay. prediction. There you go. There we go. There you go. Well, man, we appreciate you taking time with us. As always, always a pleasure, and look forward to talking to you again soon, man. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right, we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, we've got Monstars and more right after this on Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Stick around. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. 
you see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.com. Back in Main Street Sports today. Was that was that supposed to happen? <laughs> Monday, Monday Monsters, right? Yeah, no, but I I didn't hear me and, and maybe it was just because my, my computer wasn't synced up, but did did you hear music? Not initially. Okay. Not till it came back to us. All right, cool. Well, it it, it, it was probably on our end. It was just really weird because I was like I was about to start talking and then music hit my ear and I was like, oh, that's weird. <laughs> weird. But okay, uh, such is life on the internet, right? Time now for our Monday Monstars. And we've got some folks that deserve a little recognition. And so that's what we will do. First, we will start. Mo, do you have someone you would like to recognize? Uh most definitely have someone I would like to recognize, and I would like to recognize him. I'm glad I'm getting the opportunity to recognize him first, because I was afraid that if I didn't, someone else would recognize him. But former Spring Hill standout Dante Smith went for 178 yards and a touchdown on 22 carries Saturday night as Georgia Tech did something that apparently is becoming easier to do these days. Yeah. Beat North Carolina 46-42. At least this one was at Grant Field and not in Chapel Hill, as Virginia did the week before. But big win for the Yellow Jackets, huge loss for the Tar Heels. Yeah, it is. A huge loss for the ACC. Yeah. Well, but Florida State won, so. Pretty big over Wake Forest. Mm -hmm. But, yeah. JK, former former writer Dante Smith. Dante Bates. Um, JK, do you, uh, if it's not DeAndre Hopkins, I'll know what we're doing. I gotta say, man, it's 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 Mayo Coffee Man. It's the king of Kentucky football, Mr. Levis. 
I gotta say, I was at that game, as you can tell by my voice, a little bit cracking. Uh, love the guy now. Was a hater? Now I'm a believer. <laughs> Billy Not Jean. even a lie. That's what they call it. Yeah, Billy Jean's is pretty good. Yeah. I can't front and say I was on the Levis boat this whole time. It's okay. I'm still not on it, but we'll talk about that later. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm going to go to Oklahoma State because for the second time in two weeks, nearly 300 yards rushing from Ollie Gordon the second, 271 yards on 25 carries and a couple touchdowns in their win against Cincinnati. Last week he went for 282 on 29 carries and four touchdowns. So I'm kind of this is who this Barry is who this is sort of a a a a retroactive. I missed you last week, Ollie. How did I do it? And mm -hmm. so I'm giving him a, a little props for both. But but this week, I mean, it, he certainly stands on its own. 271 on 25 with two touchdowns is a pretty great day. So I've got Ollie Gordon the second. I wasn't familiar with your game. I was not, as a matter of fact. And yet here we are. Yeah. So yeah. there you go. All right. Um. Is it my turn? It is. Okay. Um, in a losing effort, unfortunately, Nick Brown set Mount Pleasant single-game records for passing yardage and passing touchdowns, completing 16 of 26 passes for 410 yards and six scores in the Tigers' 56-52 loss to Loretto Friday night. 410. The previous record was 352. Yep. So. No, it was a heck, heck of a ball game. I, I got to watch the the final quarter. Well, you got to watch the final quarter because... Despite going into overtime... <laughs> Because <laughs> there was a rash of cramps being sustained by the home team, uh -huh. by a couple of players in particular. Yeah, it was it was not a not a great night. It's funny because it, we were actually talking about that on the sidelines and how. It was it was so warm that cramps were a possibility even. I mean, the fact that it was, you know, that, yeah. that that it's the final regular season week of the year and you can even have cramps is a little insane. But it wasn't widespread. No, no. So there's that. Um Justin. Mm, yeah, go ahead, Justin. Um, I want to give it to here. So I got a, uh, a college guy, usually, you know, on all NFL, but Dylan Sampson, mm -hmm. running back, you know, balls. I mean, 90, 90 yards in the fourth quarter is pretty solid. Much needed. <laughs> yeah. Had to have it. He was out there every play, it seemed like. What do you finish with? Do we know? 114 all purpose. Okay. Yeah. It's a good night. It was. Uh, I'm going to go with North Texas's quarterback Chandler Rogers, who, in a losing effort, 45-42 to Memphis, was 32 of 49 for 411, five touchdowns, no picks. 
I didn't lose. Y'all lost. So <laughs> Chandler Rogers, monster number two. Big week, big big week for him. But you know, Memphis six and two overall, looking pretty good. So uh, yeah, I mean, I'm impressed by what the Tigers have done to this point. Mm -hmm. All right, your third and final monster. My third and final monster. Um. I'm going to stay away from the Titans because I don't want to incur the wrath of the producer mm. um, in case he decides to come back to him. But I will go with a former Titan. Okay. A.J. Brown, eight catches, 130 yards, two touchdowns. What is that, his seventh straight? Record-breaking sixth, I think. And I, sixth I swear with 125-plus? Yep, I was gonna say I, I was gonna pick him too because I'm done with the I'm done with the AJ Brown hate. I'm letting you know let bygones be bygones. I agree with you. I'm, I'm not hating on AJ. It's not his fault he's not here. Um, right. Again, eight catches, 130 yards, two touchdowns in the Eagles' 38-31 win over Washington. So he's he's pretty good. He is, in fact. Justin, finally. Um, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Nick Folk, man. Just not having to worry about if the Titans have to kick in the like just not having to worry about that part of the game is insane for the mm -hmm. Titans. So personally, mm -hmm. this one's coming coming from the heart. Nick Nick Folk will be my standout. Yeah, I guess Tennessee's kicker ought to be on this list. Charles Campbell, is that his name? Kid from Jackson. And played at USJ, transferred from Indiana. I mean, so I guess it was kind of a trade for Taven Jackson. Yes, so, but yeah, he should probably be on the list of me, you know, making field goals the way he did. Yeah. But CD Lamb, 12 catches, 158 yards yesterday for the Cowboys in their 43 to 20 win over the Rams, couple touchdowns as well. Just had a heck of a day. So, going to give it up for the former Oklahoma standout. Well, before we go out, and we do need to mention DeAndre Hopkins, four catches, 128 yards, three touchdowns, and Derrick Henry, 22 carries for 101 yards. Did not get in the end zone, but didn't have to in the Titans' 28-23 win over Atlanta. Um, in a little come-on-man fashion. Mm-mm. The National Football League. Oh man, has sent a cease and desist letter to the University of Houston for their usage of uniforms that appear similar in style and color to the uniforms that the Titans wore yesterday. Now, two things. Number one, is it absolutely a an attempt to necess not necessarily copy, but an attempt to put you in the mind of. Yes, one hundred percent. Not even close to their no. colors. No, I mean that, that's there's you cannot deny that it is a knockoff and it is intentional. Blatant blatant copying is 
may not be 100% accurate, but it's about 99.5% accurate. And again, I'm no lawyer. But did you sleep at a Holiday Inn Express last night? But you, here are my thoughts. One, it's just stupid for the NFL to even care. It really is. Okay. Because it. Anyway. Why do you care? Well, I think the reason they care is because they're selling merch that says Houston on it and has those colors. And, and so, like, I can, I can kind of maybe see the merch thing, but the uniforms. Shoulder stripes are as commonplace as anything in football, right? The color is not the same. Mm -mm. It is a different Slightly shade. different shade of blue, according to CBS Sports. Doctor. It's not the same Pantone. does have similar striping on both the helmets and pants and both a similar number font. But it's a block font. It's a block number. Every yeah. football jersey in America has this. What are you talking about? The uniforms also had script Houston writing on the front of the jersey and on both sides of the helmet, rather than the Oilers' iconic oil Derek logo. And at no point did the Oilers ever have anything on the front of their jersey. No. So to me, I felt like they had done enough to get away with To it. separate themselves, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a little much it's, on the NFL's <laughs> part. They're kind of being... They're being the NFL. Well, protect the shield, I guess. But yeah, that's 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 a little insane. That's all I'm going to say. So what if insane. you let's calm down? So, what if you flipped it and made the jerseys red and the outline on the numbers blue? Uh, I mean, I don't know if it would have you the could same do it, but it would have the same. Yeah, it's not. It's not the same. But it should get the NFL off of them. Well, the problem is that the, the stripes have to be red, white, blue, white, red. So this it's is, certainly a knockoff. We, we all oh, know what it's supposed to in, and intended to be. Yeah, absolutely. But why, but why, think, why are you bothered? I don't think, I think, you know, not selling merch, fine. I can understand that. You've got Houston on there and it did say whatever. That's. That's nitpicky, but I can get it. Mm -hmm. The jerseys are fine. Let the kids wear the jerseys. Come on. Come on. Come on, man. Let's take a break. When we come back, Terry McCormick will join us, and we'll talk a little bit about that. Hey, hey, are we going to get a cease and desist letter from Chris Carr? We might on that one, so stick around. Terry McCormick talks Titans right after this. <laughs> Since 1975, Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint Clinic has treated the orthopedic needs of Middle Tennessee residents. 
The trained physicians provide surgical options and minimally invasive options to treat all orthopedic needs. The walk-in clinic, OrthoQuick, helps you bypass the ER while treating sports injuries and acute needs Monday through Saturday. Visit MTBJ online at mtbj.net or on social media at Mid-Tennessee Bone Joint Clinic. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Time now to go to Terry McCormick with your daily Titans update. Terry. Hey, guys. How are you? Here's your Zen Sports Daily Titans report brought to you by Zen Sports, which is changing the bonus game for the better. Uh, what else is there to say? Will Levis is the talk of the town after his performance yesterday in the Titans' 28-23 to win over the Falcons. And it certainly looks like he's going to get another start Thursday night on a short week in Pittsburgh. That's going to be a big, big challenge right there, to go to Pittsburgh on a short week in front of those fans and put up anything close to what you did Sunday in front of the home crowd. So uh, don't know if I expect the same or not, but if he comes out of that and looks as, po- you know, anywhere near as poised as he was on Sunday, I think the Titans would probably take it. Terry, how much does it help Pittsburgh get ready for Will Levis that there's now film on Will Levis? In this offense. Well, I think it helps them tremendously. I think it helps tremendously because there was, like you said, virtually no game film except for maybe half of a preseason game against the Bears where nobody's really showing much of anything anyway. But now I think you're probably going to see a lot of blitzes. You're going to see some zone coverage, some disguises, those sorts of things that a lot of times can make a rookie quarterback look like a rookie quarterback. So it's going to be interesting. I mean, I'll say this. Other than the arm, which, you know, we all knew he had, I think the thing that I came away most impressed with yesterday from Will Levis was his poise and his command of the offense. It wasn't like that they, you know, when usually when you put a a rookie quarterback or a young quarterback in and you're just saying, okay, let's just run the two or three things that we know he's comfortable with. He looked like he had pretty much access to the full playbook and, you know, he was pointing guys in the right, you know, to line up here and line up there and audibling at the line and pointing out the defenders who were, you know, the hot reads and, think, you know, and you know, the alerts and things like that. To me, you know, that that really impressed me. That showed me that this guy's been studying. That said, Terry, are, are you concerned that, I mean, it's, it's one game. It, is there... Is it a situation where we're so desirous to see the quarterback do well that we just kind of lose all perspective on this? Yeah, I mean, there's some of that, I'm sure, because, I mean, this is a rookie quarterback who has one game under his belt. There are going to be some ups and downs. There are going to be some 12 of 20 for 140 yards with two interceptions. There's probably going to be a game or two like that, and that's how you learn. That's how he... That's how he grows, uh, you know, not just from the success that he has, but from the failures that he has so that he can learn from it and do better the next time and learn how to correct it. So, yeah, I think, you know, you're right. People have, you know, waited for a franchise quarterback around here for 
20 years ever since Steve McNair was traded to Baltimore. So I think when you look at that, you know, how many top picks they had used on Vince Young and Jake Locker and Marcus Mariota, you know, I think they're looking at this kid and going, they're hoping he's the answer. But uh, you're right. There's still going to be a big, big growth process that happens with almost any rookie quarterback you can name. I mean, you know, there are very few. Even Peyton Manning struggled his, his rookie year. John Elway struggled his rookie year. You know, very few guys come out and just light the NFL on fire initially. What happened with the offensive line yesterday? Well, I think they did a better job of protecting, and that's certainly uh, a step in the right direction. But I think some of this, too, was the fact that Levis has a quick release and a strong arm and was very decisive. I think he got the ball out of his hands quicker than Tannehill or Willis, either one, had done most of this year. I think you can give some of that credit to the quarterback, but the offensive line did play much better yesterday. Clearly, they were... Uh, so, so zero sacks, five, six, six hits, and only four hurries. So, did the offensive line play better because he was getting the ball out, or was he able to get the ball out because the offensive line played better? I think it goes hand in hand. I think he helped them and they helped him. I think, uh, it was a matter where he was getting the ball out quickly so they don't have to block as long, but they were giving him enough time so that he could go through his reads and get the ball out. So I think it works both ways. Gotcha. Okay. Well, uh, it just it didn't feel like he was ever really bothered at any point. And especially on those long throws, I mean, it felt like he had, you know, the, the throw to – NWI felt like he had, you know, a little bit more time, even though he threw it from his back foot, which mm-hmm. is an absolute dime. Great throw. Um, well, that was just another case of him showing you that arm talent that hit, we yeah. knew he we had. Knew he's got but, 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 yeah, for him he to be able felt, to make that throw falling away was. But he just felt unbothered. At no point did I feel mm-hmm. like Atlanta was getting pressure on the quarterback. So, and, and you know, and the, the, the statistics it's back amazing it up. how I mean, that works. The fact that Andre Diller gave up one quarterback hurry was the only thing no sacks, no hits, one hurry. That seems that seems wrong. Seems <laughs> <laughs> like that can't well, be right. I'm sure the. I'm sure TJ Watt may have something to say about that Thursday night, well, but uh, <laughs> we will see. No doubt, no doubt. Well, I thought it was a, you know a great performance overall. I mean, you got to be you got to be pleased with the performance with with not only your you know your offensive line, your quarterback, your your receivers. It, it seemed like everything kind of worked well. And obviously, when you've got a little bit of confidence, things start to snowball and get better too. So that doesn't that no doesn't doubt work. about that. I mean, you can see you know this kid. You know, he's he's confident. There's no doubt about that. You know, he's the confidence that it takes to play the position. And, you know, let's let's not fool ourselves. If you're going to be a successful quarterback in the NFL, you can't have a timid personality. You've got to be somebody you're confident in yourself and you are able to transfer that confidence to your teammates. 
All right. Well, All right. Terry, tell well, us about Zen Sports. All right, gladly. Zen Sports is the new sports book in Tennessee that is revolutionizing the way you earn sports betting rewards. With Zen Sports, your rewards are cash rewards. You bet with real money, and now you're rewarded with it too. You can earn a whopping 5% cash back welcome bonus for your first 15 days when you sign up with code MAINSTREET, M-A-I-N-S-T. Keep betting and keep earning every month after that with up to 3% cash back rewards on your betting volume. Best of all, earn cash commission on your referral bets with the Zen Sports Referral Rewards Program. Zen Sports, betting just got better. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-889-9789. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 and older and in Tennessee to bet. Smiles. These are the healthy smiles of real Delta Dental members. Folks with access to the nation's largest network of dentists and low deductible plans with 100% preventive care coverage, all backed by over 65 years of expertise. Go online or give us a call to learn about affordable individual plans that meet your needs. 1-855-844-0445. It's the biggest racing show of the year, Friday through Sunday, November 3rd through 5th at Nashville Fairground Speedway. Six fast-paced divisions of racing on the quarter mile Friday night. Pole qualifying in three big feature events Saturday night. And the Curb Records Big Machine Vodka Spike Coolers Fall American 400 on Sunday afternoon. Racing starts at 6.30 Friday, 5 o'clock Saturday, and 1 o'clock Sunday. Tickets available at NationalFairgroundSpeedway.Racing or at the gate on race day. It's the 39th All-American 400 weekend, Friday through Sunday, November 3rd through 5th. Get your tickets now. Back in Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao, Mo Patton on this a dreary Monday outside, but in here things are great. Vols get a win, Titans get a win, and we can't see the dreariness. And we can't see it because we have whatever painters something or another yeah. on the wall. So <laughs> lucky for us, it's like being at a at a Vegas casino, just no windows. <laughs> you don't know what time it is. Don't know what time it is. Yeah. <laughs> Mo, I ask you after after we get out of that segment with with Terry. You know, is the Will Levis love fest an overreaction right now? It absolutely is an overreaction. And some of the same people that are overreacting to it, that were overreacting to it at halftime yesterday, will be ready to throw him out of here in a month. But maybe, maybe but, not. The Titans have the worst remaining schedule in the league. Is Atlanta on it again? <laughs> no, but they do They do get the Texans who lost yesterday to Carolina. To Carolina. Carolina's <laughs> first win. They get the Texans twice. They get Jacksonville again, and they've got the Colts again. So. <laughs> Jacksonville again? No, they play Jackson. Jacksonville. So they get, they get, <laughs> get them twice. So... Um, I'm just saying that the Titans schedule is sets up really nicely. I'm not ready to say I was wrong about Will Levis. No. But you have to give the young man his props. Yes. I mean, he 
He even made, and I, I tweeted this yesterday, he made a couple of throws that were not completed because Atlanta was actually in position on one of them. And um, Traylon Burks just couldn't stay in bounds on the other one. But he made a couple of throws on a couple of incompletions that were thrown as well as you could ask any quarterback, rookie or otherwise, to throw them. And he he dropped some dimes to quote a former high school coach in this area. Um, threw the ball well. His arm talent has never been an issue. He was more accurate than I would have expected him to be for his first start. I figured he'd be a little amped up. Well, he was amped up, but it's a, it's easier to be accurate when you're unbothered. Yeah, especially and, from your backside. And, and Atlanta never and at Atlanta never affected the quarterback. And here's the thing. And this is this is part of the Will Levis experience, is that he hasn't gotten hit a hundred times like Ron Tannehill has. You don't think Ron Tannehill's gun shot in that pocket? After being sacked a hundred times over the last three years, was it? That's what Terry said on, on Friday. Mm-hmm. Wasn't a hundred times? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a little gun shot. And you get a guy like Will Levis who hasn't had to deal with that, who doesn't, you know, who who maybe has a little bit higher expect or a little bit lower or higher expectation, lower worry mm-hmm. of you know of where guys are coming from. And well, then at no point did. Atlanta give him a reason to think that it might happen. So his and confidence so what happens level, when it does? What happens when it does? What happens when you know what Ron Tannehill has had to deal with over the last two years starts happening to, to Will, Will Levis, Levis. <laughs> and and that's when we'll learn. You know, T.J. Watt on Thursday, we're going to learn. There are going to be some things, some some times where you know Levis is going to make some poor decisions because he's going to feel a little rushed, and that's just that's the NFL. It's going to happen. That's why you can't you can't get too excited over something like this. And trust me, I, I think I thought Will Levis played as well as anybody could have. And maybe look, I haven't seen, I haven't watched enough replay in all twenty-two or anything like that to to get an idea. Maybe Levis moved the pocket well enough. Maybe it was Levis who was the one, you know keeping defenders off of him. I, I don't know that. I don't think that was the case based off the statistics that I looked at. But receivers were getting open, which doesn't happen very often <laughs> for the Titans. DeAndre Hopkins had a great had a great game. Traylon Burks commanded number two cornerbacks and Nick Westbrook Akine took advantage. <laughs> And that's what you have to have for the Titans to be successful. Everything that happened yesterday has to happen on a weekly on basis. A weekly basis. And I don't know if it can. I don't know if it can. I'm. I, I just. I, I. I can't. I can't say for certain that it can. But again, the only game that's left on the schedule that even remotely gives you concern is at, at the Dolphins. I mean, you go to Pittsburgh on Thursday and. It, Again, we talked with with Teresa Walker, you know, on Friday about this, you know, this extra rest bye week, death taxes, and Mike Vrabel not losing with extra rest. Things you can count on in this world. Six and zero. Oh. 
And so, you know, short weeks, he also has pretty good success. So they go up to, St to the Steelers, then they come back home for the Bucks, which is iffy at best. Well, I mean, if, if, if Atlanta was the best team in the South. Right. Then, you, well, we lost to the, the Saints, but that was obviously a. But you've got the Panthers and the Bucks. Panthers. Still out there. Bucks. Then you get the Dolphins and then the Seahawks. And then the rest of it is Jags, Colts, Texans. Bucks, Panthers, Dolphins, Seahawks. You got to hope DK Metcalf isn't back by the time you catch the Seahawks. Yeah. But other than that, I mean, this. Uh, the the only team that just that you go okay it's gonna be uh, we're that's gonna it. struggle and that's at at Miami mm -hmm. the Seahawks at least come here on Christmas Eve so I don't know that's just kind of where I'm at anyway around the NFL who had a more embarrassing loss Kansas City to Denver or San Francisco to the Bengals? The Bengals are decent. Sometimes. The Bengals are <laughs> Joe Burrow. <laughs> and Jamar Chase. And Joe Mixon. And T. Higgins. They scored three Chuck. points on the Titans. <laughs> but yes, they, they, are, they are decent. I agree. The, the Broncos are not. So are much. not. That's the first loss for Kansas City against Denver since 2015. And they play twice a year. And <laughs> every year. Anyway. Yeah, to answer your question, Kansas City. But now, who are you less worried about going forward coming out of those losses, Kansas City or San Francisco? And my answer is Kansas City. Because I wonder if we're not seeing Brock Purdy come back to the pack. Uh, Purdy had a really good ball game. Uh, it, the, the 49ers defense is terrible right now and should not be. I mean, this the, the, the 49ers. They, they did just lose their, off, their defense coordinator, right? They did lose their defensive coordinator and their GM, or assistant GM. I mean, Brock Purdy, you know, he was, you know, he had two picks, but I mean, he was 22 of 31 for 365. With two picks. So, I mean, I'm not. What's the final? 31 17. So, I, I don't, I don't know. I'm not going to say, but I, I think he's been a little bit more shaky the last few weeks than some folks had expected him to be. And again, I, I just feel like Kansas City is more likely to come back and not lose again than San Francisco. I don't know what either of them's schedule is. Well, you got to get more out of Christian McCaffrey than 54 yards on the ground. If Brock Purdy is your leading rusher, <laughs> Kansas, uh, San Francisco is not going to win very many games, no matter who, what the quarterback does. <clears throat> Christian McCaffrey's got to be better on the ground. I mean, obviously, 
in the passing game, he he does what he does. And that's why he's Christian McCaffrey. But Did you say 54 on 13? 12. 12. Maybe he needs more carries. Well, and, and you know, I, again, he, you know, he, he also caught six passes. So, like, what do you do with Christian McCaffrey, right? I mean, maybe he does need more carries. But, but also – That's you, 18 touches, yeah. Yeah. 12 carries, eight, eight, uh, six receptions. But he had I – mean, and if you count, I mean, he had 64 receiving yards, so 118 yards total. But don't you think him running the ball opens up the passing game a little bit more for, you know, four guys? And Debo Samuel is hurt. Don't forget that. That and, doesn't and, help. And has been hurt for the last two weeks. So, I don't know. Not having Debo can certainly make a quarterback look a little bit more ordinary. Yes. <laughs> no question there. So, I, I don't know. I mean, Kansas City has – they always have one of these games, and last year it was against the Titans. And I think it was around this time of year. I think the Titans were better then than the Broncos are now. Though. Yeah, but I, I, but I, I think that a lot of times the 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 Chiefs tend to give a game away, hmm. or at least attempt to. Maybe they get bored unless the, unless the officials. Won't let them. Won't let them give it away like they did last year against the Titans. Maybe that. I wonder if they just get bored. They, they're like, all right, we're gonna, we're just gonna see what happens. Well, I wish he hadn't. I wish I wish that Patrick Mahomes had not gotten bored this week. Had a chance to win, and he screwed. Huh. Live by the sword, die by the sword. It's brutal. <laughs> hey, what are the Vikings gonna do? Mm -hmm. What do you do if you're the Vikings? I don't know. I mean, I don't know who's out there. You know, um, it's Tannehill in play? Not for them. I think Tannehill is in play for Atlanta. I don't. I have a tough time. And, you know, we talked about this with Terry, I think, on Friday. Trading for an injured quarterback. It doesn't do. make a whole lot of sense to me because, I mean, if you are looking for help at that position, you're looking for it immediately, and you don't know if Tannehill can give you that. Whether you're Atlanta or Minnesota. I'm going to throw a name out, and, and you just you can laugh because I know you're going to. Daniel Jones. Are the – did Tyrod Taylor start yesterday? Mm -hmm. No, I think no. I, I don't think so. I think uh, he played because I think Jones ended up getting hurt in the game. Which I don't think the Giants are ready to make that move. What if you got a second round pick with it? If you're the Giants, matter of fact, both. Both Jones and Tyrod Taylor got hurt. Danny, uh, Danny DeVito, uh, Tommy DeVito played yesterday. Not Danny. <laughs> Tommy, Danny, I'm not sure how much difference it makes. Who is Tommy DeVito? Exactly. He was two of seven for minus one yards passing. He was sacked as many times as he completed a pass. 
Tommy DeVito out of Illinois. Rookie really? out of Illinois. Okay. So, and, and, and I was wrong. Daniel Jones did not play. Tyron Taylor did start. They were 6-14 total passing for... 6-14? For, 6-14. Uh, uh, In an NFL game? Saquon Barkley carried it 36 times. I mean, that sounds like... Sounds like a lot of high school games I've been to. <laughs> Six of 14? Yeah. And still almost won. Had to, it lost in overtime. <laughs> That's how bad the Jets are. <laughs> the Jets. Oh, the Aaron Rodgers list Jets. Yeah, well, the Jets had 58 yards rushing, which means they put it on Zach Wilson. And so mm. there you go. And Yeah, there you go. But anyway, uh, Daniel Jones would be an interesting thought. Zach Wilson could be an interesting thought. The Jets still well. Well, if the Jets need him, if the Jets kind of maybe the Jets go do some other finagling and get him another quarterback. Kyler Murray, by the way, is back. He's available to play, it's also which means Josh to move. Well, which means Josh Dobbs is available to play. Nobody's paying Kyler Murray salary. Nobody's no. paying it except Arizona. Except they have Arizona to. because they have to. They've signed the contract. Right. Yeah. So nobody's paying that. So Josh Dobbs. Josh Dobbs. If I'm Minnesota, that's it's an, those, those it's are tires. Option. Those are tires I kick. Yeah. Quickly. Because, because the deadline <laughs> is what, in tomorrow? twenty <laughs> no twenty three and a half hours. Oh, is it five o'clock Eastern or three o'clock? It's three o'clock here, I believe. Four okay. o'clock Eastern. So yeah, that's I don't know, man. <laughs> I mean, you could do worse than Josh Dobbs, and I think Minnesota probably will. When it's all said and done. Trey Lance is out there. I just think he needs to sit somewhere and maybe next year he makes a run at QB1 for somebody, but I don't know that middle of the season with all the unsettledness already in his career does him any good. And I don't know that you're trading for somebody who isn't going to be QB1, right? So, and I think that would really set him back to go to Minnesota and not perform and it be his fault. Yeah, it would be his fault too. Whether it was or not. Yeah. So, I don't know. It, it's funny though because. Justin, this would give if they did take Ryan Tannehill, it would give you know a chance to for your argument to either hold water or not. That's true. That's true. So his argument was that Ryan Tannehill and Kirk Cousins are the same. Well, if you flipped them, they would they would have results results, and because of the, the style of offense that Tennessee plays versus the style of offense that. You know, you give Ryan Tannehill, Justin Jefferson, and, you know, in that offense, and coach, he's probably going to ball out. 
that offensive line. And ball know? out is in like as much as Kirk Cousins does. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But and then you put Kirk Cousins in a in a offense like the Titans, and he probably does the same thing that Ryan Tannehill has done. So you ever take a couple like stats, but yeah, virtually. And what was it? What, what was your point, Chris? Right that, that? Well, I mean that that if the if, if the if, if the Vikings were to trade for Tannehill, then we would get to see that argument play, play out, out in real time. Yeah, you know, honestly, like it's it, if we if Will continues this. Or even a fraction of what he did, obviously. Uh, then yeah, I'll take Kirk as a backup. Teach him everything you know. You know that'd be sick. Or Tom Ryan if he was down to stay or whatever. I don't well, know. Cousins has a torn Achilles. He's not playing. Right, right. I saw uh, that. Is that confirmed? So he's out. Yeah, yeah he's, he's done. done. Um, he's done, done. That's but so. that's the thing is the, the Titans are in a situation where you can't really trade Ryan Tannehill unless you get a backup quarterback because obviously they don't have very much confidence in Malik Willis. To do anything more than play wildcat, basically, to run the read option. So, and again, I'm not sure how much of that is his fault. I mean, they see him in practice every day, so whatever. But yep. still, oh yeah, I'm... I don't know. Mm-hmm. We need to take a break. College football. Reactions on the other side. Stick around. Main Street Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joints. Back after this. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, 
is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho-quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back to Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Chris Yao and Mo Patton here on this Monday as we are now taking a look back at the world of college football, sort of. Because our first, <laughs> our first story is kind of breaking news off of Twitter as... Iowa has made an announcement regarding its offensive coordinator following their 12 to 10 loss to Minnesota over the weekend. Tough day for Brian Ferentz. Well, you knew this day was coming. Oh, yeah. From the moment they introduced a clause into his contract saying that Iowa needed to average 25 points a game. I don't know in what world Iowa has averaged 25 points a game. They currently rank 118th nationally at 19.5 points a game. Now that's an average, which means they have had games where they've scored more than that. The Hawkeyes are last nationally in yards per game at 232.4 and well behind the next worst offense, which is Eastern Michigan's at 258.8. Well behind Eastern Michigan of Matt. Now, it didn't help that, you know, Cade McNamara and both Luke Lachey and Eric all, both, all you know, were are out with injury. But still... <laughs> So at the end of the season, Kirk Ferentz will either have to make a change at offensive coordinator or I will be hiring a new coach. <laughs> One of the two. Your choice. Hmm. <laughs> well. In August, he told ESPN, I've been here 34 years, two different times. I never witnessed a coordinator being relieved of his duties. Who said this? Kurt. Kurt. Well, it's first time for everything, huh? One would think. So, yeah. Iowa. New offensive coordinator. Maybe new head coach. We'll see. They were off this past weekend. Oh, so that was two weeks ago. It was two weeks ago 10. that they lost to Minnesota 12-10. They were off this past weekend, which makes me wonder. What prompted this coming out of an open day? Maybe they were on vacation. Took a little time off. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe they should have been in there trying to figure out how to score 25 points a game instead of taking time off. So, um, 
Okay. So Iowa opened the season with a 24-14 win over Utah State on Labor Day weekend. They beat Iowa State in Ames 20-13. They beat Western Michigan 41-10, high watermark. Got blanked by Penn State 31-0. Beat Michigan State 26-16. Um, beat Purdue twenty to fourteen, beat Wisconsin fifteen to six, and lost that twelve ten game to Minnesota. So, I mean, Iowa's gonna Iowa. They're gonna play defense. I mean, they're not scoring a lot of points, but they're still scoring more points than the other team for the most part. Fifteen six, twenty to fourteen, twenty to thirteen. Imagine imagine the conversations they would be in if they could score. Best teams ever. (laughs) I mean, if you're with you, you you keep holding teams to that, which I mean, I know that part of the reason that they don't give up as many points is because on offense they grind it out and they they shorten the game, but they play really good defense. Really good defense. So it's interesting. Other than that 31 nothing loss at Penn State. Which, again, what Penn State? I don't know. You wanna you wanna stay in Iowa or you wanna stay in the Big Ten? Your choice. <laughs> Let's stay in the Big Ten while I try to find there. It is. I'll try to find. My well, in case you didn't know, Northwestern is four and four. I didn't know. Exactly. <laughs> Northwestern, folks. Four and four right now, and just beat Maryland thirty-three to twenty-seven on Saturday. That's that's a big win. Best kept secret in the Big Ten for sure. And maybe it shouldn't be. Maybe more people should know that Northwestern is four and four, and kind of take some of the pressure off of some of the other stuff they got going on. There's. Hey, story of the year, right? Push them out there. Smart guys winning ball in spite of everything they had going on during the offseason. Right. And so guess who played this week? Guess guess who Northwestern plays this week? Michigan State. Iowa. Oh. <laughs> this is, this, you can't make you, this you, up. You cannot make this <laughs> cannot up. You cannot make you, this you up. Really can't. You can't. You, you try. <laughs> wow. Northwestern has remaining on its schedule Iowa, Wisconsin, Purdue, and Illinois. Northwestern's going to a bowl game. Probably. Because they're going to win two of those. I don't know which two. <laughs> it could be probably Iowa and, yeah. Iowa and Purdue. Purdue, Illinois, either one could be. It, it, but the fact that, that Northwestern is even in this position with everything that they had to deal with, the way that everything. Who's their coach? Uh, the, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of where you're at right now with this with, with sure. this in, entire situation. David Braun. I, I know that uh, I know that one of their offensive assistants is Skip Holtz. Right. That's about all I got. He was named defensive coordinator earlier this year and is interim head coach. So, previously at North Dakota State. As defensive coordinator. So this is his first head coaching gig. 
and has the wildcat. And look at me killing it. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying it might be time to take that interim tag off. I mean, at four and four. Under these circumstances. You're right. Four and one at home, oh and three on the road. <laughs> they like to play in Chicago. And they get Iowa at home, but they go and they get Purdue at home. So this is perfect. Those are the two games they said they'd win. <laughs> they got a chance. You're saying there's a so chance. So you're saying there's a chance. That's it. Oh, man. I kind of blew me away, man. Kind of blew me away. Well, let's go back to Iowa. All right. Because I don't know. Well, we didn't get far from Iowa. We did not. <laughs> don't know if you realize this, but Iowa State is tied for the conference lead in the Big 12 after all of the crap that they dealt with with their quarterback situation. Um, I'm not sure it's past tense, by the way. Is, are they still dealing with it? I'm sure they are. I don't think anything's well, been decided. I mean, they, but they, they're not playing. He's not, he's not part of the team. That no. quarterback's not. I'm just saying that, that they did not have a starting quarterback at any point. So I would like to present to you that there is a current five-way tie at the top of the Big 12 standings, which include Oklahoma State, who lost to South Alabama, Iowa State, who lost to Ohio, <laughs> Kansas State that lost to Missouri, <laughs> and then Texas and Oklahoma. Oklahoma who lost to Kansas. Eh, well, you know Kansas yeah, six and two. I'm gonna I'm gonna give them a little credit there and whatever. But yeah, Oklahoma State, Iowa State, and Kansas State all who have, I guess I guess Missouri not an inexplicable loss, but yeah, all these guys have a chance to win the Big Twelve. <laughs> This is, this is the most nutty thing I've ever seen in my life. So, <laughs> who does the Big 12 want to win the Big 12? Texas. <laughs> do they, though? They do. They want Texas to win because they have the best out-of-conference win. They want Texas to win as they go out the door? Yep, they do. Because they get the college football playoff money. <laughs> so, I mean... Do you want – because here's the thing. If Oklahoma State or Kansas State win this thing – They're not going to the playoffs. They're not going to the playoffs. Same for Iowa State. It's not likelihood. So it's got to be mm. Texas or Oklahoma. And if it's got to be Texas or Oklahoma, then it's got to be you Texas. You want it to be Texas. Wow. Although wow. a loss at Kansas is not a – I don't think that is a college football playoff eliminator hmm. in this economy, in this college foot, in this iteration of college football in mm -hmm. 2023. I don't know that that's a complete disqualifier. So, especially if Kansas continues to win, they they end up you know nine and three or mm -hmm. something like that. Then you know it's not a bad loss. It's on the road, conference game. It could happen to anybody. I don't know if I'd go that far. But, <laughs> but, okay. but oh, I mean, Georgia almost lost to Missouri last year. It could happen to anybody. It, you know, it, it just it gets it gets dicey out there. It gets dicey. Out there. So anyway, I just thought that the the big the the fact that Northwestern is probably going to go to a bowl and Clemson is not <laughs> might be the story of the year. Mm, so now you're back on that, huh? I'm just saying it's possible. 
I still think they're going to. I don't think they're going to lose to Georgia Tech. But that's the game it hinges on. They've got to beat Georgia Tech. Tell that to North Carolina. <laughs> if, if Clemson does not beat Georgia Tech, they do not go to a bowl. Because the only, the only guaranteed win left on their schedule is South Carolina. And they are four and... They're four and five. Or four and four. One of the two. Must be four and four. Yeah. Because they've got Notre Dame. You got Notre Dame. Oh, goodness gracious. I got Notre Dame at home this weekend. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame, Clemson. Who do you root for in that? Um, <clears throat> you know what to root for. The what skies a, to open up. A tie? Up. The skies to open up and the stadium to implode. Um, <laughs> then, yeah. they, then they've got Georgia Tech. Then they they, got- they're not going to beat Notre Dame. I mean, I think they could win either Georgia Tech. I think they could beat North Carolina. I mean, who knows? It's it's a toss-up at this point. I think North Carolina is still better than they are. I think so, too, but it's at Clemson. That's the thing. Three both of these four games are at Clemson. The Georgia other Tech one's in Columbia. Columbia. Yep, both Georgia Tech and North Carolina are at Clemson. But still, the way that they're playing right now, I, I don't know. I just don't know. Clemson not going to a bowl would be the cherry on top of the, the, the pie. Just be an absolute cherry on top of the pie. So, anyway. You eat cherries on your pie? I mean, cherry pie or cheesecake. Is cheesecake a pie or is it a cake? Oh. That's a really good question. I think it's a pie but because it's in a pie crust. See, I think so, too. It, it, it's in the shape of a pie. Mm-hmm. It looks like a pie. If you didn't know it was cheesecake... You would think it was a pie. So I, I mean, there are pies of a similar consistency to cheesecake. I mean, right, all the time. So yeah, I I, I'm, I, I don't I'm think it's pie. a cake. I'm in pie camp. Yeah, absolutely. I think in order to be a cake, you've got to have some fluff. Anyway, I digress. The pack <laughs> you did. The Pac-12 is sorting itself Clemson out. Clemson is 4-4. Four four. Yeah, they got four games left. Mm-hmm. Um, the Pac-12 is sorting itself out a little bit. Oregon State is pretty well out of the running now after their loss to Arizona on the road. You're not really surprised. I am a little surprised. I didn't think that was the game they were going to lose. I mean, I thought they'd lose to Washington and Oregon, but not Arizona. And they got to go to Colorado and tell you, two at Colorado, Pac-12 after dark. Buffs win that game. What was the? There was an outcome out of the Pac-12 this weekend that I did not expect, and I don't remember what it was. Um, out of the Pac-12, I think so. Something caught me by surprise. I mean, Stanford nearly beat Washington. They I finally think that's figured, what it was. They finally figured it out. Like, yeah. Because yeah. I looked up mid-game and Stanford yeah. was winning and winning pretty big. Yeah, and you're like, thing. something's not right. What's going on? Like, I thought I think they were good. Yeah. <laughs> and they're not. Mm-hmm. And then USC Cal was a one-point ball game. It was one of those, if not both. Was USC Cal, was that a Friday night game? No, it was Saturday, and it was—I think it was late, which 
could have been Pac-12 After Dark stuff. No, because I don't think I made it to Pac-12 After Dark Saturday night. But no, it was yeah, it was a Saturday game. But I mean, USC, Oregon, clearly looking really good. Um, with the big win over Utah. After Utah beat USC. Utah beats you. I'm telling you, Oregon seems to be, you know, Oregon-Washington rematch, uh, which obviously you can't, I don't think, I think they have, do they have, they don't have divisions. I don't believe so. Looking at so these you could, So you could see an Oregon-Washington rematch. It's funny looking at these standings. This is definitely a haves and have-nots. It, it, it is. I mean, one and fours all the way down the board until you get to the three and twos. Mm-hmm. So there, there, there's no middle. No, there, it's, it's two-tiered. It, it sure. 100% is. And, but I think Colorado will jump this week. I really do. I think they're going to beat Oregon State at home. Well, I think Colorado's I think Colorado's schedule was a little front-loaded. I think they're getting to the to an easier back half of their schedule. They've got Oregon State, like you said, this weekend. They've got Arizona next weekend. Both those games are in Boulder. They yeah, not to, having to go to Arizona is the key. Then they go to Washington State, and they go to Utah. And Utah is a toss-up. I think so, just because I'm not sure exactly what you're going to get out of the quarterback from week to week. Right. I don't know, man. The Pac-12, again, USC doesn't look like it's going to continue to be able to, you know, they've still got Washington and Oregon on the schedule. They're not going to win both those. And they've got UCLA. So They're not going to win all three of those. They're they're (laughs) certainly not going to win all three. So I don't expect they'll be in the Pac-12 championship game. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to come down to, to Washington, Oregon. It seems to be sorting itself out. We did say that they were going to cannibalize themselves. And, and, sure it, and it does certainly appear that that's, that's the case right now. So anyway, uh, let's take a one minute break. We've got a couple other things that we want to get to outside of football. Uh, so stick around main street sports today presented by Ben Tennessee bone and joint is right back after this. <laughs> This is Chris Yao with Main Street Sports Today. Every show, Mo Patton and I welcome friends from all across the sports landscape, from high school coaches and reporters to national, college, and pro sports personalities. You never know who might stop by for a chat. AP Tennessee Sports Editor, three-time Tennessee Sports Writer of the Year 2020 TSWA Hall of Famer. She covers the Titans, the Predators, the Grizzlies, college football, and hoops. Please make welcome, Teresa Walker. Former University of Tennessee, former Team USA Olympian, XI Young Award winner, R.A. Dickey. R.A., did I miss anything? Man, that was sweet. <laughs> yeah, I need to listen to that before I go to bed every night. That was nice. Has five sports Emmys. That's not bad for the other guy in Wham. <laughs> other guy in Wham married the best-looking girl Bananarama, so other guy in Wham had a pretty good life. From preps to pros, we're taking on the sports topics you care about. Tune in across Main Street Media social platforms platforms at 2 p.m. or on demand on your podcast distribution platform of choice.
Welcome back in. Final segment of the day. A couple of things we want to get to here on Main Street Sports today, including the Memphis Grizzlies, who have started their season 0-3, Mo, but they have been right there. I mean, the, the lose to the Nuggets by four. I mean, that's defending champs. So Losing to the Nuggets by four could have happened if Memphis was at full strength. Sure. But, but losing to the Wizards, what, 113-104? Yeah. I think that's the one that has to concern you a little bit. Well, and it was on the road, first time that this team has played on the road to this point, and that's, you know, that's obviously part of it. Washington's not great. <clears throat> no, they're they're not. Um, but and and I think, you know, for Memphis to tread water until Ja gets back as they continue to deal with, you know, life without Stephen Adams, those are games that they gotta win. Yeah, you would think, you know, you need to beat the teams that 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 you are decidedly better than. Should be. For sure better than. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't think that you should lose to the Pelicans. And well, that was the first game of the year. Still, I mean. And I won't necessarily argue with you, but I will cut them some slack on that being the first game of the year and that being, what, 48 hours after they knew they weren't going to have Stephen Adams? Yeah, it doesn't, it just doesn't look good, man. I mean, especially when you're trying to deal with this, you know, with, with this conference. And, you know, not only, again, we, we continue to harp on the Adams situation, but Aldama's still not back either, is he? I don't think he played against the Wizards. Aldama did not play against the Wizards? No. So. And, you know, again, at the risk of continuing to dump on Jaron Jackson, he's got to give you more. Uh, it, it, it's there's no real way around it. Yeah, I mean, you you don't expect him to go four of twelve. You don't need Desmond Bain being your leading scorer every night. Um, you certainly don't need Jaron Jackson giving you the same amount of points as Zaire Williams and half as many rebounds. I mean, right now Williams is probably their best inside player. Somebody's got to be. And, and and you need hey, William sixteen and ten. I, I'm not even looking at Jaron Jackson Jr.'s points at this point. I'm looking at the boards. Yeah, you got to get more boards. You can't you can't have five defensive rebounds in a game if you're Jaron Jackson. Period. I mean, and, and and they didn't get out rebounded. They had the same number of rebounds as Washington in the game. But this is, I mean. <clears throat> Kenneth Lofton Jr., five minutes, 0 for 1 from the floor, one assist, one turnover, two fouls. But he was plus one. In five minutes? Five minutes? In five minutes of play, he was plus one. Maybe he needs to play more. <laughs> That's just, just, just math, what that the, the woman from the WNBA said. If I'd have played. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's just what math. If, what if I'd have played 48? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it would have been. Oh, man. So, yeah, I, 
you got to have more, man. You, you definitely got to get more. Hey, uh, before we get out of here, World Series, pretty solid weekend for the World Series. Obviously, Friday night's walk-off, it doesn't get much better than that in extra innings with Adonis Garcia. But, you know, the Diamondbacks, man, sometimes they just – when they're hot, they are hot. Yeah. And it's hard to stop them. That offense just asked the Dodgers. When that offense Clearly. gets going, it is an absolute they, show. They are a juggernaut for sure. Yeah. Um, and so now, and so now they're going home after splitting in Texas, which is probably all they wanted to do. They now have home field advantage. Maybe win them all three in in, in Arizona. They win the series. I don't think that. I don't either. Because I think for um, Scherzer pitches at some point in Arizona, right? I'm pretty sure he pitches tonight. Yeah, against oh, well, Fat. There you go. Scherzer and Fat tonight. Should be worth watching. I think it will be. I think I will. And this is going to be a really good ball game. I'm excited about it. I think. I think this has been an exciting series to this point. Tommy Pham goes four for four and then concedes his spot in the lineup to Jace Peterson, which is just the- another slap to Jock's face. Would would have been the first guy to ever go five for five in a World Series game. He didn't. He didn't want to have that pressure on him. He was like, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> just, just it wasn't the going four or five for five. It was the op- It was that possibility of not going go five, five for five. Exactly. You know? If I don't hit, then I can't not hit. Diamondbacks are favored tonight, and the over under is nine runs. So. Of all the sports to bet, why would you bet baseball? It's the you can't. I mean, it's the Here, least okay. predictable. Here's the only way you can do it. I had a buddy who bet on the Braves 162 times. He bet $100 on every single game. That's the only way you can make money in baseball. How did he do? And he came out well ahead because the Braves won 104 games. So 104 times he won. So he's just betting on the outcome. There's no spread. It's just win or lose. Money line. That was it. Pretty smart. Come back tomorrow. We will talk about the AP poll and give you our prediction for the first college football rankings. College football playoff rankings are tomorrow night. We'll give you our predictions for that and much, much more on Main Street Sports today. Have a good one.